Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You, you lowered their cost per acquisition by 50% and their call volume increased by practically four times 4x. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic and really psyched to have our head of performance at Tier 11 back on the show, Kobe Boyband Toy Topaz. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. You know, I, I don't think people know this, but we actually share a very similar background. And it's something that I think we, mm -hmm. we bonded. We also share a similar place in hell because <laughs> of that background. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I would always sort of talk about this in ways like, how do I tell my kids or explain this to my kids? And they were like two and four and three and five, like that age range. But it was affiliate marketing. You and I, yes, we cut our teeth in affiliate marketing. Yeah, explain to people what affiliate marketing is if they don't know 
what it is. Most people probably do, but we got some new listeners in the show here. What is affiliate marketing? Yeah, so in a nutshell, you sell someone else's product for a certain commission. And that's it. You don't deal with the customers, nothing. You just sell the product and you get a commission. That's it. And it, the what we found, I think both of us have this common thread, is that we, we found that the less scrupulous products are the ones that can be sold somewhat more easily. The questions of how you actually do it has changed quite a bit. And the market has obviously changed a lot, especially right around 2011, I think. The FTC got involved and arrested a lot of people that I actually knew in the industry. So I sort of got out of that. And that's what actually started this whole thing here. But you did it for some time, maybe, you know, with some more upstanding products. But basically, you front your own money, spend, and you hope that the affiliate house like pays you the commission. And you try and you're basically our traffic arbitrage, right? You build your own funnels, you build your own landing pages, build your own ads, you do it all. You're just selling their stuff. And if the leads are crappy or the sales don't go through all the leads that you thought that that's you had, on you. That's, on, that's on you. You don't get paid on that. So it's like, eat what you kill. And as much as we kind of joke about it, it's the best place to actually learn how to do all this stuff, in my opinion. 100%. First of all, I ask forgiveness from all the people that I sold. Questionable diet, make money online, and all that stuff. I have a place in hell because of that. Me and you both. But yeah, I mean, affiliate marketing taught me a lot, a lot. Like how tracking, funnel conversion rate, you know, how to just do marketing in general. Like I no knew nothing when I got into space. And you know, you do everything on your own. The landing pages, you instead of the tracking, you do everything on your own. So that that for me that was really helpful. You you build such a big huge set of skills that you can do almost anything with that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's a it's a great foundation and you know, you might have the affiliate manager who might direct you to the right pr- a product, to the right offer, the one that's hot at that point in time. But it's basically, it's you learning it all, which both you and I did here. So, which is really kind of cool. So anyway, so having said that, you're constantly learning new stuff, you know, as the head of performance at Tier 11. What, what cool nugget can you lay on the perpetual traffic crowd here today? So part of the stuff that we do is not just focusing on spending money but actually focusing on growing the business. And one thing that we did for a client that completely transformed their business is we, based on all the changes we made and we su- what we suggested them to do, we were able to cut their CPA by 50% and almost like 3.5x the number of booked calls they were getting. And finally, they were able to be profitable on their paid advertising. Yeah, and we're going to go through that here today in a sort of case study. I mean, we had Maria on a few weeks back with a, with a different kind of take on another customer where there was pretty remarkable results. But this is this is pretty outstanding. Like you guys really dug deep here, which is uh, I would say the rule rather than the exception when it comes to to customers that, that at least we work with. But it's the stuff that you need to know now. Otherwise you're just gonna get you're gonna get killed out there or you're gonna go broke. 
You know, it's like me and you spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on an affiliate offer and not getting paid. Like that's not very good. That's not a way to run the business. You got to know all the back end stuff. Uh, the last time you were on, we talked a little bit about CBO and TikTok. So any updates for the people about that that uh, might be helpful when they're running paid traffic? Yes. Yeah, so right now, CBO, the structure that's currently working well for a couple of our accounts, our accounts is having a CBO campaign with two to three ad sets and you're grouping the ad sets. So meaning that you have one interest ad set that have could have three to 15 interests inside of it, depending on the size. So you can separate it if it's too big. And then for when it comes to a second asset for lookalike, so usually you can have at around four to five, 10% lookalike audiences, and that's pretty much it. The more you add it, won't necessarily increase the size. And then also having broad audience, no specific targeting there as well. That also helps. And then we have four ads per ad set, and the budget on the CBO campaign is between... T- 12x or 20x of our target CPA. That will give, really gives the CBO enough room to optimize and learn. And another thing that we're doing with CBO, and I know it's really, really hard for everyone, is no touchy. <laughs> yeah. No touchy, the CBO. So when, when we launch it, it takes a lot of time to learn because the learnings are happening on the campaign level. It's not a regular ABO asset when the learning is happening on the asset level, but with CBO, CBO also learns, okay, when certain audiences perform well on which which days. So it needs that time to learn, okay, asset A is horrible on Sunday and Thursday, for example, so I'm not going to try to spend to that asset at the moment. However, asset B is crushing it on those days, so I'm going to allocate more spend to that asset during those days. So when you first start in CBO campaign, most of the times it's, going to look really bad but you have to let it run because cbo learns both from negative and positive signals so if you'll start turning stuff on and off you're just messing up with the system so and and also something to keep in mind is when you launch a cbo use your top performers test on an abo and scale with cbo exactly that was going to be my question is you don't want to start if you're brand new and CBO, by the way, is campaign budget optimization. Just for those of you who haven't don't know, and ABO is ad set budget optimization. So in essence, CBO, your your all your budget is at the campaign level, and you're allowing Facebook to choose which ad set in the hierarchy that it's going to allocate budget to. Whereas with ABO, the campaign is just you know for structure in the the ad set itself has its own specific allocations for budgeting. So and when you say start with ABO, figure out what works. So like those interest groups in your first ad set, those are your highest performers and you're just pushing them all together in sort of a super interest ad set. Then your lookalikes is your second ad set. Those are your best performers. They've been proven. And then broad, if you're doing broad targeting, then you throw that in as well and then the ads that are on the ad level those aren't like ones that facebook has never seen before you're pulling post ids and probably using them in the ads yeah totally makes sense yeah it's and it's also important to use post ids for those of you who aren't using because they aggregate all the social proof so you know when you see an ad with it's you're more more likely to engage with another task 
hundreds of likes or shares than an ad that has nothing. So that's important. And it's also helpful for your customer support team to not deal with tens of thousands of posts. Yeah. Now they can deal with one post. Yeah. Which you don't get with DCO, which is dynamic. Yeah. Dynamic creative. Well, there's a, there's a hack there, actually. Oh, really? Tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you launch the CBO campaign, right? It's first, it, you launch it, you don't touch it. But then if you want to launch, it, it test those uh, variations on another ad set, you can just dupe the CBO, the CBO ad set and just change the audience, but don't touch the ads. And it will still preserve all the social proof from all the other DCO ads. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You're still getting lots of variations though. So you're going all around. Yeah. You know, for maybe, I mean, you've done what, like 10 creatives and, you know, one headline, one copy, that kind of thing. You've done that on DCOs, which will maybe on the next show, we'll give an update there because that was, that was pretty killer. A lot of people now are doing like three creatives, one ad copy, one headline on DCO, but we're not talking about that. We're like, we're after the testing phase. We're now in the scaling phase and that's where you really use CBO. So if you're setting up your first ad account or your first campaign, don't use CBO to forget what Facebook tells you. Like exactly. start off yeah. testing and we could, we could probably do an entire show on just testing methodologies, but this is really killer. Um, because the, uh, on CBO, if you go in and mess around with it, this is the hard part for a Facebook advertiser. And you and I, I think, are converted this way. <laughs> like we grew up like touching everything. With CBO, you're not, you really shouldn't touch it, especially in the first day or two. And it's going to look horrible in most cases. Although we have one of our media buyer who like right out of the gate, the CBO was just crushing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably has something to do with Mark Zuckerberg. I have no idea how she was able to get that. <laughs> I don't know. She must have uh, said her prayers the night before. Maybe a something. spy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe she is a Facebook spy. Um, but yeah, CBO learns from negative and positive. And that's the thing. Like you're, sig- you're getting these signals back. You're trying to th- think about a Facebook ad campaign is like it, it's, you're throwing all this stuff into a big supercomputer and it's trying to learn it learns from positive signals, but it learns from negative signals. So if you see a CBO campaign that's doing well and there's one ad set that's spending all this money and maybe don't have any conversions, don't go in there and shut it off. If your overall campaign is hitting your KPI, that's all we care about, right? And we have some exactly. we have some pesky customers who mess with our campaigns sometimes, mm-hmm. which they should not. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah we have a whole separate place in hell for them as well but the point is is you've got to sort of resist the temptation to touch stuff which is hard for some facebook advertisers it's it's hard yeah i, I think it's even more hard when you know that you're responsible for other people's money not just your own i, I don't know that's that's how i feel sometimes it's like okay yeah i can burn those that money in this couple in the next couple of days but when when it's someone else's money and you know that's money they need to to call the business to pay salaries and everything it's it's significantly harder but that's part of our job absolutely yeah we're stewards of our customers cash and their business and and growing it in today's case study we're going to talk about that which is really kind of cool which is where i think we all get really excited about it um tell me about tiktok ads right now i know you talked about that a little bit last time on what's the update there what are we seeing so tiktok again just ugc 
that was working really well with voiceovers. You can try that as well. But also another interesting thing with TikTok is if you're seeing something that's crashing on TikTok, you can just add it on Facebook as well. And it's been working on one of our accounts. So what I said is you can, the interesting thing about TikTok is if you have something that's crushing it on TikTok, you can use it on Facebook, launch it as it is. Don't, don't change a thing. No touchy here as well. If it's working on TikTok, uh, we've seen it on other accounts, it's working on Facebook as well. And a lot of the questions that you know, sometimes clients ask us is, how would I get content for TikTok? So you can ask your customers to do it. And actually one of our customers has implemented it in their follow-up email sequence. So after a couple of days, they send an email to the customer, hey, do you like the product? Would you mind to send us a video of you using the product? And then, you know, you incentivize them by giving them special discounts or other products. But that's how you get more content like automatically on an ongoing basis. Then you can just use it. So, but once again, like these are, <laughs> these are some nuggets here. Like UGC, which is user-generated content, a lot of companies, a lot of, and if you're listening to this, I know you've had problems getting this. But if you have a good product... You have some, not the affiliate crap that you and I used to sell. Like, imagine like me and you emailing our affiliate list. Like, you suck. I want my money back. <laughs> you would never get any of that. Yeah. But if you have a good product that actually helps people, like after the time when you consume it, and this is like in a pet space, like maybe a week or so in, or maybe two weeks in, like, you know, they already have it. They've received their delivery. You know, their, their pet hopefully is enjoying it. Like, hey, incentivize those people and even show them how to do it. Like there's a great service called Get Bravo that we use. And, and I know a lot of our customers have used it. And there's a lot of them for this kind of thing to make it super easy. Or just, you know, most people know, know how to do like a video quick of like, show us your dog, like enjoying the treat. Like literally. And like you got like, you know, uh, uh, we'll give you a coupon for free stuff because you're going to buy it anyway. So that's a, yeah, it's a super good tip, super good tip. So TikTok works on Facebook and Instagram, but vice versa, not quite as good. Uh-uh. Yeah. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. And it's cool because you'll start seeing like some of your, pla- a lot of your placements going over to Instagram because, you know, it's upright. It's typically, it's, you know, sort of l- longer form or five by four, four by five rather. Uh, and Facebook will do it sometimes even in reels. So you'll see some of these placements start to get more play inside your ad account, which is really kind of cool. And, and you're using up the inventory that maybe isn't really all that being used right now. And instead of just yeah. everyone going into the newsfeed and Facebook or, you know, right in the, right in the feed and Instagram. So very, very cool stuff. Well, that's, that's pretty good. That could be a show unto itself right there, Kobe, but no, we're going 100%. to give more. We are going to give more. So stick around. We're going to get into the interview with Kobe right after this quick break. Hey, guys, it's Kasim here. And I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is... A lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. 
That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. All right, we are here with Kobe Topaz from Tier 11, head of the boy band, um, uh, the Topazes. Now, I don't even know. like That's a Cossum thing. It's just a, it's a great <laughs> boy band name, we thought. But anyway, the point is, is Kobe is no boy band. He is an advertising assassin and uh, head uh-huh. of performance. So we're going to get into this case study here. So you piqued everyone's interest. You, you lowered their cost per acquisition by 50%. And their call volume, we'll talk about what this business is, increased by practically four times, 4x. So how'd you do it? What was the situation? Tell us a little bit about the business and let's get into this one. So the the business at the moment, they're selling a high ticket product. So they have a simple book called Funnel, where they get people, they book a call, and then they're selling their, their service. But that's what's happening right now after we made all the changes. Previously, the setup was more complicated, meaning that people, so they had two different funnels. One of them was a lead magnet, so people click on that, go into a ClickFunnels landing page, put in their email address to get the lead magnet, and then they went on a thank you page, and then they were able to book a call. And then they also had another funnel, where it's a simple webinar funnel, again, opt-in, watch the webinar for around an hour, and then book a call. The thing is, we onboarded this client mid mid September, and their CPA goal to for a booked call was two hundred dollars. And at the first month, we got two hundred ninety. At the second month, we got three hundred thirty seven. It was which was much more. And then at the third month, we got uh, three hundred twenty dollars CPA. So we were, we won't hit KPIs at all. Yikes! Going opposite. <laughs> Go in the opposite direction, and I remember because they were they were not happy, but you know what? Like knew that th- this is why they came here because they were having issues with it. Even exactly. though they did really well during COVID, and a lot of people say, "Yeah, I was spending this much on COVID, and now I'm not." Well, join the club. You're with everybody else. So, all right. So we're we're you're, uh, everyone's getting frustrated. <laughs> CPAs are up like a you know, 50% here. So what, what what was the next step? So during those couple of months, we tested a lot of audiences, a lot of different angles. We tested a lot of stuff. We even went and tweaked the existing funnels, but unfortunately nothing really helped. And then the biggest thing that ch- completely changed the picture, and I'm talking almost, what, uh, 11 months down the road, what changed the complete picture was that we completely changed the strategy here. So instead of going through all these multiple steps, we just asked the question, well, what will happen if we just send people to book them call? Why do we have to overcomplicate everything? And then the minute, so before we did that, one thing we did, and this is why it's important to collaborate with your client. And if they have an email agency, so collaborate with their email agency, what we did is we took the top converting emails, the emails that generated the most number of calls, and then we tweaked them to fit you know, Facebook's vibe. And then we launched a retargeting campaign with those ads because they were 
we felt at that time that they would be better suited to warm audiences. And when we launched those ads, the, the warm retargeting campaign performed really well. The CPA dropped, but it wasn't where we wanted to be because, again, the majority of the spend was on cold audiences. So then the question that we asked is, okay, what if we'll send people direct to the book a call page and we'll skip all those steps? So what we did is we took those exact ads that working well on the warm audiences, and then we looked at historical data at the top level one audiences, cold audiences, and then we just launched a new campaign with those audiences, with those retargeting ads that we felt only suitable for retargeting. And the minute we did it, the CPA completely changed. Wow. So we made that change in December, and we made that change at uh, the 20th, so right about the end of the month. Now, the overall CPA for December was almost $300, so it was 297 But at the end of the week of December, the, the end of the, the, the last 10 days, their CPA dropped to 196 And then in January, when most of the spend was focused towards that new campaign, so if you remember, the first CPA they got was 290 then 337 On January, their CPA dropped to 145 So if you remember, the CPA, when we onboarded them, was 290 Then the next month, it was 337 So on January, when most of the spend was shifted towards that campaign, the CPA dropped to 145 so from almost $300, it dropped to 145 So 50% drop in the CPA. Now, I know some people will jump right now and say, oh, but the quality is probably horrible. Well, yeah, it's not. it wasn't as someone who came out of a webinar, but that's the thing. You collaborate with the client, and then you work together on improving the backend. So it means improving the upsell flow, adding a new thank you page that preps people to book a call, sending them to your podcast if you have a podcast, get them to join your Facebook group. So warm them as much as possible. So if previously the warm-up happened before the, the call, after before they booked the call, now it's happening after they booked the call. And now they were able to be profitable finally because previously on the first four months, they, you know, we, we were struggling, they were struggling. But thanks to this change, they were able to get 3.5 times more booked calls. And if some people didn't show up, then they would book a call again in the future. So they were also able to build that list as well. But also they were able to be profitable out of the gate, which is something that didn't happen in the previous months. So they're profitable at this point, at, at this point in time in their journey, which was not the case when they start finally yeah yes yep finally tremendous but just looking at the big picture that would change everything for this account and obviously the client being super collaborative and accepting our suggestions and changing which is why it's important that you collaborate with your agency at the, at the end of the day they're here for you yeah or your internal team i mean it, it, it's, this is a collaboration and there's no easy button when it comes to any of this stuff really is like that those days are over <laughs> So you really do have to look at the data. But I, I find I'm just to summarize here, I find a couple of things here fascinating. First off, you had the presence of mind to go back to their level two, level three, level four ads, or maybe just your level two retargeting ads. These are ads where they've already maybe opted in or maybe, you know, maybe even watched a portion of the webinar or whatever it happens to be. But they're they know who you are at this phase. They are 
solution aware, depending on, you know, your solution aware, probably if they've gone all the way through to the pitch on the webinar, but you looked at those ads that you were retargeting them on Facebook and you're like, well, those are working pretty good. Why don't we just bump those up to cold traffic? So tell me about like, what was the difference between the first ads that were going to level one cold traffic and the retargeting as what was the difference in the message? Was it image versus video? Talk about that. So it was, it's both, it was both image and video, but the thing with the level one as is they were, they were mostly focused on just you know, download the lead magnet or attend the webinar. They weren't focusing on just the final goal that we wanted them to make a book a call. And sometimes for certain industries, People don't have the time to go through and watch your webinar. They just want, okay, give me the, talk to me like directly. Like, what's going on? What do you need from me? And I'm also that the biggest factor here was that those retargeting campaigns were based off their top converting emails. Got it. So, so those emails that generated the most number of booked calls, we then tweaked them to fit to Facebook, and then we moved them to level one as well. Once so we really took something that worked for them internally. And just tweaked it for Facebook. So you're looking at the signals. You're looking at the data. This is not just plug something in and it's going to work. Like you have to look at the signals. And I think people forget about this. I know we've used this a lot with you know, what are the messages that you're using on your just your organic content that you're posting on your page? Some of those might turn into some of the best ads that you ever have. And we have some media buyers who have done that and turn those into ads. But you're just the awareness factor of looking where stuff works because most stuff isn't going to work. It's going to be 70, 80% failure when it comes to your front end facing ads in most cases, or just the fact that these guys are actually selling something is quite remarkable to get to that point. A business is a big achievement, but having said that, how you market it and how you actually shift and pivot is a matter of paying attention to the signals. Go into your Facebook page, seeing what what organic posts are actually resonating with your audience. Looking back into your Clavio, your email service, your email provider to figure out which which emails, which subject lines, which messaging are getting what I really want. I really want booked calls. I don't really want webinar registrations or lead magnets. That's nice, but I really want booked calls. Um, so just being aware of all that and taking sort of this 30,000 foot view, sometimes business owners just have a challenge doing that because they're so in the business. And that's where an internal team or an external team in the case of you know hiring an agency can really be beneficial and it can be transformative for the business. So you guys did this and all of a sudden you've got these lower CPAs, you've got the retargeting ads going to the cold traffic. Maybe it's probably ABO at this point, maybe not CBO, but point is, is like you're getting them. Like what was the messaging? How was the messaging different it, to, to actually get the booked call? Was it you're hitting the pain point, you're hitting the problem with a potential solution, book a call kind of thing? Like what was it? Exactly. The messaging was, are you an X looking for Y? We can help. Ah. We do this and this and this, book a call. That's it. Plain and simple. No fancy hooks. Nothing too crazy, just plain and simple. Uh, you're, you're here, you want to get this, we can help. This is what you need to do. But another thing to mention is one of the top performing ads with that ad copy was a testimonial mashup video of their customers. Ooh, yeah, love those. So that was also helping with pre 
pre-framing the people because they saw those testimonials, they saw that copy, and then they booked a call. So short video, short form video, what? Less than a minute, two minutes? No, it was around, it's around two, three minutes, something like that. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Just a mashup of yeah. the best sound That's... bites from all the testimonials that they got through UGC exactly. content. Right? Yep. Yep. And then we also expanded and tested like individual longer form videos and specific thumbnails of those people from those videos. Like once we saw what's working, then we started expanding a lot of stuff and testing more and more and more. And I, and I think when people use testimonial videos, and we've seen this, we call this the love sandwich testimonial sometimes. It's like sometimes you might actually have a pitch in the middle of it too, but it's not about, uh, all right, I'm going to get a testimonial from my customer, Kopi Topaz, and he's going to talk for two or three minutes. That's not like, there's probably, you know, 90% or probably two and a half minutes if it's a three minute video of just junk. That, that's why mm-hmm. you know like news programs go on site and the soundbite that you see on the news show is literally 10 to 15 seconds but that was probably a 30 minute interview and you know the producer pulls out the best soundbite or the one that actually is the most interesting it's the same thing with testimonials is like you, if you can pull out that 10 15 20 seconds especially in a mashup that's super good completely different when you're going like like we have them on tier 11, they're longer, two minutes, three minutes in some cases. You know, if people want to get a little deeper, like on your site, sometimes you might want to do longer testimonials. But what we found is really just like that, those short bursts, especially in this case to, to cold traffic, to level one traffic, really overcomes a lot of those objections, especially if you're hitting them right between the eyes with the thing that they want. And this business is like it's it's a great business, great product, and they have a great solution. And it's a problem 100%. that this this customer base, this sort of executive customer base, is is uh, is really craving. Yeah, product is great. The company is great. They know what they're doing. They're really helping their customers. It's it's yeah, it's a mashup of everything. Yeah, if you have a sh- uh, bad affiliate product, well, it's not gonna work. <laughs> You probably won't get too much UGC content, and yeah, that's the case. Yeah. So this has been tremendous, Kobe. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Uh, I think everyone is going to be looking forward to having you back on next month. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening, and let us know what we can do better. We actually did announce the uh, the contest at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better, but that link is actually still live. So and tell us if we suck. Tell us if we're good, what you want to see. This show here is a direct result of that survey, believe it or not. And thank you for everyone who's filled that out. Like uh, Almost 100 people filled it out, which is crazy. And go back and listen to previous episodes and all resources and show notes that we mentioned here uh, are over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of Kobe Topaz, Head of performance at Tier 11. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 